I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, everyone, to a very, very, very spooky episode of Nerdy Show. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. I'm Brandon. And with us this evening, we've also got uh, an honorary producer on the line, none other than Arceus. Hello. The reason we've got him on is that this is a Ghostbusters-themed episode. We're going to be talking about, of course, Ghostbusters, which inevitably, I'd say every other episode at least contains some kind of mention... (laughs) of Ghostbusters, and so it's only natural that sooner or later we would devote an entire episode to talking about Ghostbusters. Arceus has impressed upon me that I, uh, as one of the uh, biggest Ghostbusters fans I've ever met, he outclasses all of us except perhaps Brian, but I don't think Brian has his own proton pack. I have two of them. Oh. Officially outclassed. <laughs> We're hoping that And Bri- a slime blower, and just about everything else. <laughs> oh my god. I got a slime blower too, pal, but I don't talk about it. <laughs> but do you have a containment union? I like to think so. Eh, uh, sure. Un- until it wears out. Anyhow, we're hoping that Brian's going to join us. He said he was going to, um, but maybe he got, you know, tied up. He's literally. always patrolling for the lawnmower man, so you never know. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's uh, seeing that woman, and he does always literally get tied up. So he probably just can't get to the computer. Mm, this is true. This is true. <laughs> so um, He prefers handcuffs to rope. He told me that once. <laughs> and whatever we say about him while he's not here, he'll never hear. No, it's he canon. It. It's also he can, canon. He can say whatever he wants. <laughs> he told me all of this. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's all true. So with us, with us on, on for this entire episode, some gentlemen who are working with Ghostbusters right now to make uh, one of the greatest extensions of the franchise uh, that we've ever experienced, if I do say so myself. Uh, you may remember in our 2011 Top 20 Nerdy Things list that IDW's ongoing Ghostbusters comic by Eric Burnham, Dan Schoening, and Tristan Jones was a high-ranking uh, item, and we said that it was the best thing not written by Ramus and Aykroyd. I still stand by that, and right now with us on the line, we have Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey there. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. It is a pleasure. Ever since I cracked your book open, I've been wanting to uh, talk to you guys. I just, it just seeped with so much authentic Ghostbusters passion and nerdery <laughs> that was, I knew. It was oozing. Yes, it was oozing, if you will. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a river of slime of pleasure. Ghostbusters goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Ghostbusters in this episode. We're also going to talk about Crystal Head Vodka, because uh, as, as listeners may know, Dan Aykroyd is a, a man of many talents, and among them in the recent years, he's added Vodka Maker to that list. He's created a very, very, very unique vodka. It's exceptionally pure, and it is distributed inside of a crystal human skull. And during this episode... It is a real crystal... Real human skull. <laughs> a real human crystal skull. That's a human named Crystal... 
Well, yeah. They gave well, up her skull. Yeah. For this technicality, whatever. so that we can drink vodka. Look who decided to show up. Well, well, well. Brian Clevenger. What? <laughs> we just started talking a bit about Crystal Head Vodka. Oh, well, then I need to go get some. <laughs> Have you some? Yes, obviously. <laughs> Perfect. So there, there are three people on right now that have this, so we should all drink it at the same time at some point. All right, I'm going to go get a shot. I'll be back in like one minute. Okay. <laughs> well, while, while Brian's going to get this, this shot glass, <laughs> we should say how we acquired this Crystal Head Vodka. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I sat down and it was here. <laughs> You're welcome. Fairly legitimate means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we actually had the pleasure of uh, meeting and interviewing Dan Aykroyd, and you're going to be hearing that interview later on in this episode. He talks to us about his product, but also the paranormal, which is a great fascination of his, as he is a noted spiritualist and paranormal expert, and there's really not much difference between him and Dr. Raymond Stans. I'm actually worried that drinking this is going to do something to me. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be existential or spiritual. metaphysical or spiritual, something is going to happen, for better or worse. Your PKE meter uh, mark is. I might just off, vomit but... a lot. We don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's why I'm not <laughs> drinking. Paranormal vomit. I'll do that anyway. <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> I'm a non-drinker, so I won't be having any. I guess I'm the designated driver for this episode. You can drive me to our room next door. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll. I will. I'll steer you to the toilet. I'll hold your hair back. Um, I'll kiss you good night. And uh, do that and, anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, like I need an excuse. I guess I don't know. But Hex also is sick, so he's not, and he's well medicated right now, so he's Whee! not going to be combining these two. A items. clever excuse. But I heard that Buston makes you feel good, so I couldn't miss the episode. And then also, <laughs> Arceus is a, going to be drinking. Yes, I have a bottle that I bought back when the first started selling it, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> so we're going to find out how well it ages after four years in a closet. Wow, Destiny, it was waiting for this moment. Brian, are you uh, are you ready? Are you prepared? I am totally ready. Oh wait, are we all doing this right now? Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, I gotta pour my. Yeah, let me pour mine. God damn it, guys! See, our bottle is also special because it's actually signed by Dan Aykroyd. You wouldn't know it to look at. I don't want to spill the vodka on the signature because I'm pretty sure the alcohol will just rub it off. That's yeah. a very good let me, point. Let me pour it backwards. I can smell it from here. Let me take a whiff of that. Tone out to it, see if it makes any it's, hissing sounds. It smells like vodka. Oh, that smells wonderful. It smells a little better <laughs> than vodka, actually. It doesn't smell as strong or deathly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony of that. Okay, we all we all ready for this? <clears throat> ready. Now, should we down it, or is this the type of vodka where you kind of like swish it in your mouth to get the full effect? This is flavor? so smooth. Right. Really? Go for it. All right, all right, uh, all right. One, two, three, go. Here we go. Oh. Hmm. Wow. That's good. I didn't. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the the burn can take a second. Yeah, I was like, I didn't cough. Right. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> that that actually. Tasted, it tasted it's really good. good. Yeah. It goes oh, into anything, was, trust me. There's this weird aftertaste I can't describe, but it's way better than normal vodka. Well, I'm sure Mr. Ackroyd would be interested to know that. Um, is that flavor? You can, put, you can put it in coffee. You can I'm put it in I'm going to say that that odd flavor you're feeling probably fades after four years. <laughs> really? Hmm. It's not, not the same experience for you then? No, oh, but it was... Damn smooth. That's really good vodka. And Brian, did you say that you can mix it with beer? Is that one of the things you were listing off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. After um, Easter, I, I drove through a whole lot of traffic, and I just wanted. Uh, so I figured, oh, what the hell? I'll put some some of the uh, Crystal Head into uh, a Smithwick's. <laughs> I call it the Crystal Wick. <laughs> it's really good, actually. I, I like the aftertaste of Smithwick. It's kind of a Guinness-like beer, but when you put the vodka in, it completely kills that. And replaces it with that 
sort of vanilla-y, vodka-y, crystal-heavy kind of aftertaste. Aren't you not supposed to, like, mix hard liquors with beer in the same cup? Man, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) He's a writer. He does not prescribe to normal drinking rules. I was going to say, I just had a window into his writing process there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's his Taking notes. Good. (laughs) All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to be drinking Crystal Head Vodka, those of us who are drinking all throughout the show. And we're going to cut away to a song right now. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit about the very elaborate process uh, of making Crystal Head Vodka and the very special crystals that it's filtered through from the mouth of Dr. Raymond Stance himself, Mr. Dan Aykroyd. But first, Hex, what do you got for us? Well, it's kind of obvious that we're going to have some Ray Parker Jr. in this episode, so I just want to get it out of the way real quick. This is uh, last Halloween. There was a mashup compilation from a series called Monster Mash, and uh, this year's installation was called Phantom of the Mashupra. This was a mashup of Dead Mouse's Ghosts and Stuff with Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. So this is Ghostbusters and Stuff mixed by Voice Dude, and it's, it's one of my favorites. Well, like you said, Hex, Bustin does make us feel good. Oh yeah, I'm already all, feeling better already. With all this vodka, <laughs> we're gonna feel real good tonight. Bustin and oh, vodka. Yeah.
I'm Cap. Hi, good to see you. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you, Dan. Just wanted to uh, talk to you a bit about uh, the Crystal Skull Vodka and its fascinating packaging. It's a really neat product. The thing I'm most curious about are the, uh, the, the diamonds, the Herkmer diamonds that are in there. They say that they have spiritual properties, and I was wondering if you could elaborate on that. Did you hear what he just said? He was a Grey Goose fan until he met Crystal Head. Yeah, I, was a, I was a staunch Grey Goose Thank you. drinker. People don't go back. Before the vodka gets... Exactly. Before the vodka gets to those diamonds, we do a distillation process, which is four times, meaning we do not over-distill. We leave a little of the sweet peaches and cream corn taste in there. Then we do a filtration through charcoal three times. And then we do a filtration through the Herkimer semi-precious crystals three times. And it's not what we put in uh, Crystal Head Vodka or what we pour it over that makes the difference. It's what we have left out. Most and many vodkas have glycol, citrus oil, and raw sugar. Glycol is antifreeze, citrus oil is a bug exterminant, and you don't need any more sugar and alcohol. So by stripping out these substances, uh, we won a double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition. Herkimer, New York. On a geophysically and geopsychically anomalous region of the world where semi-precious stones come up to the surface of the earth and you can basically farm them out of a, a field or by the side of the road. That's incredible. I didn't realize that's how, that's how it went. As opposed to Kimberlite pipe diamonds, which you have to mine for. Yeah. There's only one area in the world other than Herkimer, New York, Herkimer named for a Revolutionary War General, and that is in Afghanistan, where by, there's a 50 by 50 mile swath like in Herkimer, where the stones just come up to the, the surface of the earth uh, and they are spontaneously there, as if uh, the magma is pushing them forth. The crystal heads were purported to have come from the star children, according to the Navajo, the Aztec, and the Mayans. They were extraterrestrial devices given to the tribes as crystal balls. In the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls movie, Steven Spielberg references the extraterrestrial origin of... The crystal heads. Now, where was Herkimer, New York near? Near Rome Air Force Base. Check out the scramble orders in the 50s, 60s, and 70s from Rome Air Force Base. They went up after a lot of unidentified flying objects in that area of the world. Wow, I had no idea. So when I heard that we could put Herkimer diamonds into a cone and pour our beautiful, enlightened, positive-thinking, pure spirit over them, I said, let's go for it, because it just ties the bow on our extraterrestrial legend and the concept of enlightened drinking and enlightened thinking. That's incredible. That's really incredible. In that not particularly great, but, but definitely interesting uh, Indiana Jones film, they, they suggested that the travelers were in fact extra dimensional. Is that concurrent with a lot of the feelings on the, uh, the crystal skulls? Uh, well, I would say that that's concurrent with uh, a lot of feelings in uh, domed craft propulsion. And uh, where these craft are coming from, and uh, there are some schools of thought that say they are 
coming from a dimension near us or far from us and not necessarily space travelers. So right. I think that's the, the hyper jump in that kind of thinking that they made and David Kep and Spielberg decided to do that in the film and I, I, I kind of like that choice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And as you know, and today, you know, many physicists and, and theorists and string theorists and the super string theory, the Cambridge monographs, all that stuff proposes that there might be as many as 11 or maybe even 23 different dimensions that are completely close to ours and uh, might even be right next door. So I had no idea the numbers were so specific. There's, a, uh, there's an ongoing Ghostbusters comic at the moment that, in my feeling, is actually the, uh, the best written Ghostbusters thing that's not done by uh, yourself or Harold Ramis. I was wondering if you had a chance to check it out. Uh, uh, that, that, that's out of uh, Quebec, Canada. Uh, that tech project, and I love what they're doing. They're really smart, those guys. And I love that they, it comes from uh, a French-Canadian sensibility. That's, that's really neat, you know. Uh, they're putting a whole new twist on those stories, and they've really mined them and are really, making the, really exploiting the characters uh, in, a, in, a, in a really, um, say, a, a quality and exciting way and uh, funny and scary, and they're doing a great job. Thank, Thank you so much, Dan. Really appreciate it. So that was my uh, that was my ABC liquor store interview with uh, Dan Aykroyd on his Crystal Head vodka tour. He was it was a brief interview, but uh, the man was a gentleman and made time for me. Though there was a crowd that well, there were a lot of people there, weren't there, Hex? There were lots of people. The, the line practically wrapped around the ABC liquor. And How long did you have to wait to speak to him? Two hours. Holy two and a half. Shit. Yeah, yeah, two and a half. Well, worth it. That you, was awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Getting to be in his presence is enough. Honestly, I was sitting there for two hours, like. Tw- uh, 10 feet from him. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so <laughs> close to Dan Aykroyd. I'm just going to say what's on everyone's mind. After hearing him speak the way that he does, I would really like to see an issue of Atomic Robo <laughs> where he just, there's like just 20 pages of him having a conversation with Dan Aykroyd. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Just that. What, what I, I think, think it'd Brian? be the most interesting <clears throat> issue. Uh, there's room for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 8, uh, a, a casual chat with Dana Hector. <laughs> okay, I'm taking another shot, just so you know. Okay. I'm, because, yeah, I'm going to do that too. Because that's what I do. 
as as you could hear, Crystal Head Vodka has uh, some very mysterious origins to it, and uh, it's pretty cool all the thought that he put into it. And also, the man is an encyclopedia of uh, of paranormal information, be it ghosts or extra-dimensional beings. Down the hatch. <laughs> it makes you smile. <laughs> 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 so I asked him about uh, your book because I really would, was curious to know if he, you know, read it and checked it out and everything. Like he knew exactly what I was talking about. But you guys, uh, IDW is not based out of Canada. No. <laughs> no, I I no. am, but the, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, just Dan. That's kind of where it. Just me, but and I don't even speak French, so it. We're, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna flow, but. Um, I think uh, everything else he said was on fire. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the thing. He, he, he said all that, and at the time I was like, okay, well, uh, I didn't know they're from Canada, but oh, uh, you know, clearly he's talking about the same book because I agree with everything he said. Um, yeah, <laughs> very, very humbled by his by his kind words. Well, right. it is possible he was still talking about you guys. He just got the French Canadian part mixed up. Maybe he yeah, thinks uh, sure. it's possible he's what he was referring to was um, yeah. the 88 miles per hour studios uh, comic from maybe like seven years ago or so. They did a four part miniseries and I haven't read it since it came out, but I did like it a lot when it happened. And now the rights have uh, turned over to IDW and you guys are writing the ongoing comic, which is amazing. And I was really, really excited for because, uh, I'll be frank, when IDW started publishing Ghostbusters comics, I was really excited, and then immediately let down. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a big fan of them for quite some time, and actually even went so far as I didn't bother to read the infestation thing that, uh, that you wrote, Eric, until really recently. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> infestation was my, I'm giving this one last chance. And, uh, and, and then, I wound up loving it. And and Thank boom, yeah. the ongoing series. Uh, how did you guys get this project started? After after Infestation came out, uh, gosh, March of last year, uh, it was it was getting good reviews, and you know Tom wanted to wanted to build on the buzz because he really wanted an ongoing series. And uh, he said, "Okay, you you left left an open ending. Come up with a pitch. Maybe we can do maybe we can do a one shot, or maybe we can do another mini series. Comes back a couple days later. Okay." Just give us a pitch for, for what you do for an ongoing. Okay. And Kyle, we, we, we love to, to bring Kyle back from Infestation, but he's busy. So we're going to look for another artist now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great, great. Uh, I'll, I'll write the pitch and, you know, you get it now, get it now, get it now. I, I wrote up 16 issues worth of, of stories and send it off to him, and then I don't hear anything for like three weeks. Um, and he says, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to go for it. Cool, awesome. Great. <laughs> Who do you want on art? I don't know anybody. <laughs> uh, have you heard as of Dan Shoning? Yeah, no. <laughs> have you heard of Dan Shoning? Is this the guy that they love on the message board that they were talking about when I was, you know, over there talking about infestation? That's him. Cool. <laughs> then, then he calls me back a couple days later. Dan doesn't know if he's going to be able to do it. <laughs> he's got to see if he can make room in his schedule for you. Okay. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's that's pretty much you know it's just it was just. Tom getting back to me with maybe it's going to fall apart at any minute and then it and then it came together and Dan was able to do it and you know everything got approved and Sony was happy and IDW was happy and I was needing a drink so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to have stressed you out so much Eric I didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> typical Canadian yeah, <laughs> yeah. now the series <laughs> is for the me being polite or for me offering you a drink <laughs> no for you for you stressing me out man <laughs> 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 Gotcha. <laughs> no, no, no. 
So yeah. the series is yeah. ongoing right now, and the uh, first trade was published very recently. First graphic novel collection. There's an intro in it by some guy I'm not really familiar with named Brian Clevenger. And Isn't he that webcomic guy? Yeah. Maybe yeah, he, he used to be the, funny. He does the ongoing uh, Warbot and Accounting. I really like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought that was over. <laughs> it was good, though. Yeah, the artist went and did bigger and better It was all right. <laughs> uh, Brian, I was wondering if you could do a dramatic reading of that, that introduction for us. <laughs> Like, he might yeah, like the game about before you do the rating, you know? Come on. I think you should have a shot of vodka to, to warm up yeah. before you do yeah. it. Yeah. There you go. To build up the courage. Who is this Eric Burnham guy? I don't care how, first of all, what you're, how to pronounce your name properly. We're going with Burnham. <laughs> Who is this Eric Burnham guy? And why isn't Brian Clevenger writing the Ghostbusters? An introduction by Brian Clevenger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Here, I'll make the case against Burnham as clear as possible. Burn ham. <laughs> Not only is that a total waste of a perfectly good ham, which is grounds for jail time from where I come from, it's dangerous too. So far, this is not the kind of fellow I'd want handling my franchise. By contrast, let's look at Clevenger. Number one, handsome. Number two, gimme. Case closed. And how hard can it be to capture the voices of Murray... Aykroyd, Ramis, and Hudson at their best, and a brew up a story that builds on the mythos of a wildly, pop wildly popular franchise effortlessly ties into a couple of movies, a game, other comics, and holds its own as a fun, spooky action comedy while doing it. Let's face it, this hand burner sure makes it look easy, so, you know, can't be that difficult. But then with Dan Schoening's wonderful, energetic art capturing the look of the movie's cast through the lens of a cartoon series, and Louis Antonio Delgado's colors giving us a world full of the living and the ethereal, any old script would look just fine. And if there's anyone in this business who's accustomed to looking good thanks to the efforts of others, oh baby, it's me. <laughs> in closing, handsome, gimme, thank you. Is this really in the book? This is really the opening. <laughs> Before you get to read I, the book, you read that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I asked him to do it. It was, it was the, one of the first things after the announcement. The first thing on Twitter is... Uh, somebody pops up. Why isn't Why isn't he writing this? <laughs> the, the title of it was it, it. It was a tweet by somebody. I don't know who it was. Some random person that <laughs> that was just asking a question. Who Who is this guy and why? In fact, yeah, he tweeted it at me. You know, who's this Eric guy and why aren't you, Brian, writing it? And so I, re I replied, "Well, you know, Eric's pretty good at it." <laughs> and, and of course, I found it because I'm I'm you know doing Twitter searches every couple of days like a you know psychopath. Uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, IDW, Ghostbusters comic, Ghostbusters number, whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have a problem. I need help. There's one name that uh, that didn't get mentioned in that intro, and that's Tristan Jones. And I was wondering, guys. Uh, Ho hopefully Tristan will be able to join us at some point during this episode, but I know Tristan from his work with Mirage Studios when he was uh, working for the Ninja Turtles, basically. Uh, and he's very recently done the uh, Infestation 2 Ninja Turtles uh, crossover, which was uh, really great. But he's uh, he's a part of the Ghostbusters team. I have an, I, what I believe is an understanding of what he does with the book. I'm not really 100% certain of how it works. It seems to me that he does a certain amount of ghost design. And he d he does the back matter. Is that how it works? Yeah, he he does the the peacock files in the uh, back of the issues, and uh, he does a lot of the concept art for the ghosts that that I kind of take 
put in the book, kind of like uh, Ellen Gould from the second issue. That's a really good example. And he's uh, just amazing at uh, coming up with something that's really scary. And he, he captures the, the scary elements of the Ghostbusters, uh, whereas in the first movie with like the librarian and uh, whatnot. So uh, it's a really awesome uh, jumping board for me to take that and uh, kind of move it into the more of the cartoon style. So it still has that element of horror in it, so. That's a really cool balance you don't necessarily see too often uh, in, in comics is having sort of a, a character designer, at least for a specific kind of, of characters within the comics and then, you know, a series artist adapting those characters. How did you guys come to that arrangement? I think it was just kind of, we started off uh, with the first issue coming up with ideas for the uh, idullness. Is, is that how we pronounce it, Eric? Is that how we I, do that? You know, I, I never I never came up with a pronunciation for it. <laughs> I was having a tough time tough enough time coming up with the name yeah. uh, for the character himself. So you know, yeah. Which, by the way, is just an anagram of Dan and Louise. So <laughs> I threw it into an online generator and picked one that worked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were just bouncing ideas off for Adilness and. Uh, the uh, ideas that Tristan was coming up with were just amazing. He's an amazing asset to the team. Well, do you guys know what our response to the uh, to the book was after we read it initially? What what's been the the general community response to towards your series? Uh, it's it's been really really positive, uh, actually, and it's the the stuff I'm seeing from the vocal people are you know really loving the story and accepting the art, really loving the art and accepting the story or waiting for Tristan to go back to Ninja Turtles so they can go collect that. It's one of those three <laughs> that, that get the, the, the loudest thing. But no, mostly mostly people have just been happy what we've been doing as a package deal and, and you know, getting a kick out of the jokes, loving the, the Easter eggs that Dan just packs into all the pages and yes. having fun rereading them because of that. And, you know, so, it, yeah, I've, I've, you know, nobody's come out. Some people have said, you know, it's okay but nobody's come out and said this is garbage that I've seen, you know, and my Twitter searches. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I found that the the response is quite positive. Like out of 180 percent of the people really like it, so uh, it's nice. And there there's some people that um, don't like the art style. That's that's totally cool. I think it's uh, comics are a subjective thing, just like any other art form. I, I'm just honored and happy to be a part of this process. So it's, uh, and I, I'm enjoying drawing all this stuff. It's fantastic. It's way too. Uh, he's been winning them over, though. Don't you know? Don't let him fool you. He's been winning them all over. Good. <laughs> Good. I've there been sending go. them free vodka. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who complains, I just get their address. They think I'm coming to visit them personally, but it's actually just a, a nice bottle of vodka. So. Have I mentioned how crappy your comic is? <laughs> What's your address, by the way? <laughs> How do you feel about the taste of crystals, Brian? I am pro-crystal. Well, let's let's take a musical break right now. What do you have for us, X? Since there, there's some nerd buzz about this and some nerds going, man, I don't know how I feel about this, I thought it'd be appropriate to play an older, super powerless track. This is I Like Ghostbusters More Than You. <laughs> how appropriate. I'm going to let the track uh, introduce itself. It's enjoy. I like Ghostbusters more than you. Ghostbusters more than you. 
This is Dan Aykroyd, happy to be on The Nerdy Show. Now, we, we've praised the comic quite a bit, but I, I've been really wanting to dig into uh, to how you do it and why you do it and all those little secrets that you guys pack in. When I, first, when I opened the first book and thumbed through it real quick, you know, hoping against hope that this ongoing series was actually going to be the Ghostbusters comic I've been waiting for, I saw <laughs> I saw a, a ghost of Jim Belushi talking to uh, to Ray, <laughs> and uh, that was that immediately sold me on the book. Like uh-huh. right on, yep. Nail in the coffin right there. I was I was done. There was no way I wasn't picking it up. It totally awesome. delivered from that point on, and since then has just continued to do so. All kinds of hidden uh, items in the images and uh, certain characters we'll get into later who have. Uh, we didn't really expect to see who are in the book, and all in all, it's a very impressive piece of work. But but Eric, sitting down to to write this ongoing, you said you you pitched them at like a sixteen issue set. When yeah. You, wow. Okay. What can you tell me about this crazy pitch of yours? Uh. Well, I I just you know sat down and 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 went. There was a pitch I'd made a couple of years ago that was approved. You know, when they had time for it, I threw that in there. I threw a follow up. You know what uh, what Tom wanted bringing Stay Puffed back from the ending I had in Infestation, doing that, setting it up, and, you know, just a couple other things that I threw together and wound up getting to 16 issues. Since then, it's kind of expanded a little bit because, you know, the the upcoming event, the epic, the Haunted America thing wasn't part of the pitch. It was Tom saying, we need uh, some kind of event, make something up. Okay, uh, you know, and... How about they go on a road trip? And, you know, so that wasn't in the initial pitch. But, yeah, no, I was just sitting down and, you know, putting down whatever came to mind off the top of my head. It's how I went about it. I don't know what else to say. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't a lot of forethought. I just wrote until until they kicked me out of the restaurant. So, yeah. <laughs> now, Sorry, I, sir, you got to go. Yeah, we're closing up. We got a birthday party coming in here, whatever. I don't remember what it was. They just they just said, you know, you're not going to eat anymore. You haven't eaten in a couple hours. Can you can you go? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't read previews or anything. Um, I actually didn't know about Haunted America. That sounds really cool. Can you tell us about it? Sending the Ghostbusters on a little bit of a road trip. Four done-in-one issues that are loosely tied together, like I said, by the conceit of going on a road trip. First city is, uh, they're hitting is Detroit, then New Orleans, Roswell, and Seattle. <laughs> Tried not to pick anything. Pe- you know, people were expecting um, Chicago, which I avoided. Um, <laughs> once once Tom, you know, put the, put the request in for Detroit, New Orleans was a lock. The rest, you know, was whittling it down what would be interesting to uh, make Dan draw. But yeah, no, it's just... <laughs> Just, you know, getting them out of New York City, which I hadn't actually planned to do until Tom asked for something different for an event, and I didn't want to do another world-ending thing necessarily just yet. I, yeah. I really wish they would go to Florida 
Because it's nothing oh, but gosh. crap here. <laughs> so many people. But, oh, it's so hot. Oh, the humidity. So many people. Once, once the thing came out, I got, I got emails and messages from people in, uh, in Chicago and Florida. Why? Why do you <laughs> forsake us? <laughs> because Florida just seems like it's haunted. Because God already did. Promises in the in the future. If they go again, I promise. I promise they'll go there. I just think Miami needs to be cleaned out because it's very possessed. So yeah. Well, what, Miami. What about? I mean, San Augustine is obviously the, the place to go for uh, for ghosts in Florida. Dark. We have Spanish a lot of haunted fortresses. alligators here. <laughs> Those are terror gators. <laughs> oh, well, I, think it's, I think it's time for another shot. So I'm just gonna do one. No All one right. else has to do one, but I'm doing another shot of Crystal Head. So how's that shot, Brandon? It's pretty great. I feel pretty dehydrated. I think it's working. <laughs> so, Eric, including Jim Belushi as a Blues Brother in the first issue, mm. uh, how did how did you come up with that? I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of there's a certain amount of legalities that goes into certain like like likenesses and books and everything. Like, how did that happen? Well, I I, I didn't ask. I uh, no, basically. Uh, the, That's the all the forethought. Yeah, exactly. It. All the forethought that went into it. We figure it was covered under, you know, a little, little bit of parody. It didn't look exactly like him. It was more of a caricature, and we didn't name anything, you know. Basically, yeah, no, uh, I, I was wanted to open it with a dream sequence for a specific reason. I figure, okay, spirit guide. Who else is going to be a spirit guide of a character created by Dan Aykroyd, played by Dan Aykroyd? Have to be Belushi. So that's, you know, that's pretty much how he got brought into the mix. And then, you know, there was there was buzz about it, and yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, oh, so, really? Yeah. They told you they, that. They, they told us not to do it again. Uh -oh. they, 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 they didn't. They didn't tell us. They just suggested. Oh, okay. You might not want to do that. You know? Yeah. You may not go, go a little further anymore. back with your dead people, please. You yeah. Know? Uh, no, yeah. It was, it was. You know. It was a just in case kind of a thing. It wasn't a. You know. Nobody was mad. Yeah. On a side note, I actually, I drew them, uh, a couple different versions of Belushi that we were thinking of popping in there. Obviously the. Blues Brothers one made the most sense, but uh, I also drew him in the Animal House toga and the samurai costume. Oh yeah, he had now. like five or six. They were cool. I, uh, yeah, so yeah. we could he could always pop back up, but with a different costume, and no one would recognize him. You right? could just use Kinda the like other. Super you, you could well, just use the other. Swarmer is supposed to be the ghost of John Belushi, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so they can't really exist, I guess, in the same time. But uh, there you go. Well, uh, maybe one's his ghost, and the other is his spirit. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do feel that it was um, a really beautiful way to uh, to kind of connect the world of the readership with the world of the characters. I mean, uh, after all, Dan Aykroyd did say at one point that he felt that he he and Belushi had this, some kind of like really like spiritual brotherly connection. I thought that was really uh, a beautiful thing. It was one of the main reasons I really wanted to know if he'd read the book or not because I, I kind of hoped that he would have been touched by that. Mm. Yeah, I I, I would love things. to uh, I would love to have you know, seen his reaction to it, but I'd be just as worried that he'd be somehow offended yeah. by it, you know, as, as touched. So, you know, I, I've just got that, that weariness about it. No, it was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely meant in a positive way. Mm -hmm. so. I'd gauge it by, have you been contacted by anyone's legal advisors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Safe so far. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. We're walking a well, thin line. Well, on line two, we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, coming into uh, to drawing for this book, obviously, I've heard that you've been uh, you've kind of been around in the world of, of Ghostbusters art. You were a, a known force. Uh, why don't you 
tell, tell us a little bit about how uh, you got started drawing Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, sure. It started, I think it was back in 2005. Someone commissioned me to do a, a Ghostbusters picture of them coming out of the fire hall. And I think it's still online somewhere, probably on my DeviantArt account. And uh, that was the first time, like, I'd always loved Ghostbusters, I, that, but that was the very first time I'd ever drawn them. So, uh, and I wanted to kind of go with a bit more of a stylized version than realistic and uh, see how that kind of plays out. And yeah, ever since then, like, yearly after that, I've, I was doing uh, fan art uh, of the movie, picking favorite scenes and characters and stuff. I do, like, 13 ghosts every Halloween, so I'll pick from, like, the toys and the movies and kind of redesign them oh, in my yeah. eye and... Uh, I have a blast doing it. I love doing that stuff. I was really uh, honored when IDW asked me to come and do the Halloween one shot. A great experience. I, I kind of look back on that comic and cringe when I look at the art, but uh, <laughs> I know that it's a, it's a growing process and I can even see a drastic improvement uh, from the first issue that we've done. So, uh, and I, I'm talking about the art, not the writing, Eric. The writing is always solid. I haven't um, even been able to find that comic. <laughs> no, it, yeah, I've uh, got a couple copies here, so send me your mailing address and I'll shoot it out to you. Oh, thank you. And some vodka. I love that. <laughs> yeah, some more vodka. <laughs> that's right. You can send yeah. me the vodka and I'll trade you for the comic. <laughs> <laughs> also with the uh, the video game, the Wii video game. The, they the go as in a, Ghostbusters, a of, the video game, right? Inspirate. I'm sorry? As in Ghostbusters, the video game, the one written by Yeah, Lames Ghostbusters, the video game. Yeah, the Atari one. That's right. Um, <laughs> For the Wii version, there's a stylized look to the game, and uh, they'd use some of my art as kind of inspiration and reference for that. So a bit, a bit of a, a kerfuffle with how that went down, but uh, it all came out looking great at the end, and I, I really like that game a lot. It's a, a fun game to play, and uh, yeah. So those are some little bits of my Ghostbusters history so far, and I'm looking forward to doing more. That's a, a big first step into the world of official Ghostbusters stuff. Oh, well, it's just reference your art for this major video game release. <laughs> yes. Uh, some people actually said that you were the art director of the actual game. <laughs> yeah, I, when you mentioned that earlier, that was funny. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> You should just take but, credit uh, for it. It looks good on your resume anyway. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> no one's no, going I, to deny it. I, so. I had a kind of weird, geeky uh, comic question about the, the second story, the one that takes place in this, uh, the, the, the amusement park. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we don't allow geeky questions. On this <laughs> There's this moment where we can see the color of the aura uh, the demon sees of, uh, of Winston and uh, Venkman. Yeah. And uh, I was curious, since the demon kind of... Uh, describes uh, Winston having a very compassionate soul and Bankman uh, having a very greedy soul if uh, the color choice was uh, kind of inspired by the couple of years back, the DC's run on Blackest Night. Yeah, Luis that's Capto, a, yes. Yeah, Luis, uh, he, that was his idea. And he was I like, know. I really want to do this with the characters. Are you cool with that? And I was like, yeah, that's an awesome homage to the Blackest Night and the Green Lantern Corps and all that. So, But yeah, no, it, that was uh, Luis's idea. And uh, I think it really... A lot of people really enjoyed that, so. I totally geeked look. out when that happened. I ran over to Cap like, Cap, look! And I was yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it seems coincidental. It was, yeah. But <laughs> like, no! Yeah. The, the, the book is filled to the brim with Easter eggs. Now, one yes. of the core reasons that I've brought uh, Arceus onto the show is because, really, it's through him 
that I've understood just how in-depth you guys go with Ghostbusters uh, lore mythology all across the various continuities, de deviations of the franchise. I guess I'm going to let him take the floor with this, but I I'm a little bit in awe of all the things that have been included. God, where do we even begin on that? Every issue... Dan, you just pack so many little references to people who are the huge fans like me into them. I mean, I'm glad that you enjoy them. I, I have a ton of fun referencing them and remembering, like, I'm like, as I'm drawing it, I'm thinking, okay, what, what would that fit in there? I remember that episode really well, so I'm going to try and put that in there, you know? And I, th I think a few issues I may have made them a bit too obvious like i really want to try and make them subtle so i think there's a couple that might stand out a bit much kind of looking back at it but i think it's fantastic that people are enjoying it and they're just little extra bits and they're for people that really know they're ghostbusters right so there's going to be people that are reading it that don't know it that well it's not going to interfere with their enjoyment of the book but uh, if you can pick them out it just i think it adds a little bit extra so. It really does. When I started reading this book, it's what struck me about it was that the uh, the continuity appears at least to be the movies happened, the video game happened, so that's all canonical, and then the infestation event happened. Whether or not anything else like the other comics happened or not, it's kind of up in the air. Although the Ramus and Aykroyd stuff is canon, and then boom, here's the book. But meanwhile, the book continually references stuff from, let's say, other Ghostbusters dimensions, all kind of pulling it into this mainstream Ghostbusters canon really beautifully. I mean, you guys even if, uh, referenced Sanctum of Slime in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, Tom, uh, Tom asked for that. You mm -hmm. know, he, well, he wrote the game, so yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Yep, yep, so. Yeah. But, you know, it's one more thing to, one more thing to tie it together, and I like being able to, Dan has most of the fun with the references, because, you know, he gets bored with what I write, but no, I, uh, <laughs> seriously, no, I, I, I like, yeah, I like to try to throw things in, too, I just don't have as much of a opportunity to do so as subtly as Dan when I'm trying to serve the story too. Every once in a while though I, I can get something in and it's never as subtle as, as Dan's Easter eggs. Let, let me give you a few writer tips on subtle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, I do a lot of research and so you know we throw in references to historical figures and events and so on in, in the Atomic Robot comics. I'll send you a couple. <laughs> Here's what you do. Just have the characters say, you know, just you know, point at the ghost or whatever is being referenced and say, remember that episode? <laughs> <laughs> Make the notes. Just Jotting yeah, it down, down now. Yeah, please yes. do. Let's talk about uh, one of the definitely not so subtle references, and that is early on in the series, we see that, boom, Kylie from Extreme Ghostbusters is working at Ray's bookshop. Ray's mm -hmm. cult. Mm -hmm. That was a huge shock for me. Uh, she was easily my favorite part of that entire series, as she was for most part uh, people. I was wondering, you know, where that decision came from to uh, to include her. I was, I was, I was just going to write in a new character, and then Tristan on on I am saying, it needs to be Kylie. What? It needs to be Kylie. Okay, are are you sure people won't you know go crazy over that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be Kylie. Okay, fine, cool. Write in Kylie. You know, and and she's been fun to write. I want to actually work her into the book more now. Uh, mm -hmm. you know the character is just it's it it fits a it fits a fun role. You know, somebody keep the bookshop in there, a researcher. You know, with all that uh, the access to that, it just it opens up a. Have her pick up, up Winston's proton pistol just once, and you will sell out an entire printing. <laughs> It'll just that'll just go. be the cover, and the the entire comic will be empty. That's just the cover. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. There you go. that will work. We can do that. I'm still waiting for the guy in the wheelchair to show up. 
No. That's all I want. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody. <laughs> That's all I want. And and Eduardo. Eduardo. And, and I'm I'm glad it worked out because I've I've never actually seen Extreme Ghostbusters. Whoa. So. <laughs> Wow! I love that show. I don't know why. I don't think they would actually pick someone in a wheelchair just for safety reasons. I don't think that's the best way to go about exterminating ghosts. But let's talk about Extreme Ghostbusters for a moment here. Uh, Dan, have you seen Extreme Ghostbusters? I've seen a few episodes. I'm a really big fan of uh, Phil Barlow. He's the, the main character designs for the show. He's he's from Australia as well. I've seen yeah, like a couple episodes. I, I really love the designs. The stories were kind of here and there on it, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to hold a candle to the original real Ghostbusters cartoon. So at least the first few seasons. Yeah, at least the first few. That's right. And then when it became Slimer in the real Ghostbusters, that was a bit of a, a turning that. point. That was well, the best. That show was only on for four <laughs> seasons, right? Yeah. What about you, Brian? You have any experience with extreme Ghostbusters? Fuck no. <laughs> I want to change my answer to that next time somebody asks. <laughs> what about that show that was called the Ghostbusters, but wasn't actually the Ghostbusters? You, you mean Filmation's that? Ghostbusters? I watched yes. the hell out of that. The gorilla? Yeah. yeah. I've never actually seen that. Wow, dude. It's not as good. I just know that it had a monkey in it. <laughs> and something about time travel. Well, you know, Dan, all for, you need. for being as big a Ghostbusters fan as you are, this is really, you know, this is a Ghostbusters episode, so if people actually don't know about where this comes from, then I, I gotta lay it on the line right here. There was, there was a, in the late 70s, there was a live-action show called Ghostbusters. Oh, I know of it, I've just never seen it. Okay, well... It's the real Ghostbusters, or... They, they willingly sold the, the title, Ghostbusters, to Universal, or, or allowed them to use it, and when... And then when they started the cartoon, they decided to make a cartoon of their own, and that's why they decided to call uh, it the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Now, I'm not so familiar with the live-action thingamajig. But Filmation's Ghostbusters cartoon, well, it definitely was something that did create some brand confusion in my young mind. I knew it wasn't <laughs> what I wanted, but that, that didn't stop my parents from accidentally buying me a VHS of it. <laughs> You're like, what is this? Oh, my and son likes the Ghostbusters. Strategy. Now, I recently actually tried to watch it on Netflix because all of it is available on Netflix. And uh, I'd never seen the first episode before, and it's really quite long, and man, it is... It is terrible. They got robot goats, ghosts, you know, explain <laughs> that. Robot How does that even work? <laughs> and, and basically there's like a ghost Doctor Doom with an organ that travels time and space and they meet a girl from the future and they bring her to the present and they have a monkey and there's like an old Ghostbusters business. Okay, that, what you've told me is sounds like the best movie I've yeah. ever seen in my entire yes. life. Agreed. Eric, are you we'll taking have, notes? told you the, th <laughs> the plot of Ghostbusters 3. We'll have Michael Bay direct it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, go. This interview is over. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, I think he might be able to improve it, but... <laughs> More explosions. So in this, the Ghostbusters are actually aliens. Never mind. <laughs> I take it all back. It's starring Tom Cruise, yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, now we know uh, who could be the new Vankman since Bill Murray doesn't want to do it. Oh. Tom Cruise. Ugh. Put some makeup on him. It'll be great. Shut uh, your shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> filled with dirty. sin. Go wash it out with soap. Yeah. Why doesn't he want to play that role anymore? Is he too good for it? Is he an asshole? I don't know. He might it's be. been so weird with Bill Murray and Ghostbusters 3. I mean, uh, he accepted the Scream Award for Zombieland, dressed up as Vankman, proton pack and everything. Everybody thought he was going to announce it right then and there, and he just says, Oh, uh, I got no reason for wearing this. It's just, it's not like all I had left in the closet or something. 
What a dick. And it's, yeah, it's like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, I thought he was just teasing all of us fans with that. But now that he's actually not doing the movie, yeah, it feels like a huge dick move. <laughs> I, maybe it's a conflict of interest. Maybe you guys don't want to say anything about it. But uh, but Eric, Dan, uh, uh, feelings on Ghostbusters 3? I'll have feelings as soon as it hits the theater screen. Other than that, I'll just, you know, <laughs> That's if it right. ever hits the theater screen, yeah. April Fool's Day <laughs> joke going around on Spook Central. The next four issues of the comic were going to be an adaptation of the script for Ghostbusters Hellbound. Huh. Oh, yes. You know what's embarrassing is I actually thought that was true. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why wouldn't I know about this? <laughs> well, we're going to take a music break right now. What do you have for us, X? Well, I got uh, something from local pal Cyfried. In their uh, latest album, Future Tense, they actually have a track called We're Ready to Believe You. And I'm pretty sure y'all can guess what it's about. Nice. Back off, man. We're scientists. I get troubled by spooks and specters. Things that go bump in the night. You experience feelings of dread in your basement. Waking up with your hair all white. Is your fridge being invaded by Zool? As the precursor to the coming of Goza. So when you pick up your phone to make that frantic call, you better not be calling no posers. Game to play and we're saving the day. Stay busting the true best. Get out of our way. We got the guides. Be a tobe and a chandor. Blast your ass back with a nuclear accelerator. That's what we got. Strap to our back. We don't need guns. We're bringing the crap. So if you don't know, just break out your dough. We're rolling Ecto-1 to the city of Ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. We came, we saw, we kicked it in the ass. Call us up. We're ready to believe you. Spirits at the mall. Now who you gonna call? Call us up. We're ready to believe you. Ghosts of Mural 2. Birthday, he's gonna ruin. Call us up. We're ready to believe Guess you. Guess what, New York? We're ready to believe you. Bringing all our resources out of straight and slinkies to bust up the problem with your fifty foot twinkie. Dogs and cats can't cohabitate, and the mayor needs votes. There's no time to waste. He's your pack on tight, sick, ready to light, throw out your strings. So don't cross them, alright? For a stinky tip, now we're ready to flip. Ride Liberty home with an Nintendo stick. The grid is sick, we gotta wrap up quick. We've been shut down by a man with no dick. Now I work a double shift.
What we got coming up is a track called Bill Murray from uh, the Bill Murray EP uh, by rap group Sweatshop Union. It's a really cool song, and it's got a really cool video directed by one of my favorite rap uh, video directors, Stewie Kubrick. We'll have a link to that on this episode's page. Check it out. Bill Murray by the Sweatshop Union. Bill, Bill. Yeah, I keep it Bill Murray. Vision real blurry and it's still early. Sun Tory in my breast pocket, flask in my left pocket. Yes, got the best chronic stash, that's Bill Murray. Your Chevy chasing a dream, making a scene, running around wasting your steam. Matter how hard you try, you'll never wake up and be half the man me and Bill is. Was then and still is, hands down the billest. There really ain't another one. Grand like your mother's mom, hands off the comma bun. Chill, you ain't Murray Bill, more like O'Reilly. So try me, there's only Zoo, there's no most Isley. So Pete Bankman, smoke goes sweet, rob a bank in the clown suit without shooting. Thank you. Sweatshop is the damn crew. Genius Abbott Clown Woo. Serious delirium when Bill is on his man shoe. I keep it Murray till I'm Murray. Underground dirty, even then still Murray. Steve Zizu, down to the two corn. I keep crowds moving from the Yukon to Tucson. Top villain, nicest on the mic, yeah, still. Even cotton mouth, you could call me Cypress Bill. Murray, feel that shit. Real classic, classic Bill Maddie. What really fucking with? Oh, Wild William Rome with the Buffalo. The ill pilgrim might be the good guy. Likely the villain, but it's still just a billion. Bill up in the building. Skilled in the art of belittling idiots. Sipping hot pots of coffee, hitting Rossman in the cigarettes. Y'all need to kill it with that scripted gimmick shit. I spit on tenant bombs to keep it Bill legitimate. legitimate. Bill's had it. Bill into the game again. Cut like a razor's edge. Don't attempt the rain of in. Background lounge laughing, handing out the Jameson. Murray doing that kingpin impression for the lady friend. Hey, hey, asking for the sacky. Cheers to your help, Bill. Pass the food on Mackie. Actually, who really the Bill is classy? Get him a killer's Bixby. Anyone feel us? Bitch, please. We Bill of the Bill is. Who you go? Who you go call? Call. Bill, 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 Bill. Who you? Who you go? Who you go call? Call. Bill, Bill, Murray, 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 Murray. So, Arceus, I'd like for you to, at this moment in time, uh, go off a little bit, nerdsplode about, uh, <laughs> nerdsplode about all, all the faces. things that you've seen in this comic that has wowed you as, an, as a Ghostbusters fan, as a, a proud uh, wearer of several proton packs, various kinds of Ghostbusters accessories. Uh, you're, you're in a, um, one of the Ghostbusters uh, regional... Are we, are we effectively... I'm in between franchises at the moment. I moved from North Carolina, and I'm going to be setting one up in Wichita, Kansas. Okay, that's awesome. Are Let we me... are we effectively throwing a nerd grenade and ducking? Is that what we're about to do? Yes, that's exactly what we're <laughs> doing. I'm getting, I'm getting the tissues ready for cleanup afterwards. Okay. <laughs> 
Let me drink another shot of vodka before you eat this, because I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I might need it. All right. So I, I, it's one of the things that's really just instilled how much uh, love and care goes into this book, and uh, we've we've touched on it a little bit already, but encyclopedia, because I'm I'm really curious right. what um, I just grabbed the first issue and uh, I'm just flipping through it now. Okay, <laughs> just walk us through every page of every issue. It'll take an hour. Okay, you know. sure. Oh jeez, oh, that's good vodka. The moment that I absolutely fell in love with this comic was in the dream sequence. Are you a god? <laughs> and Ray's answer to that. <laughs> yes. yes. Let's I get am. let's get more nitpicky though. It shows let's, that he's learning though. Let's let's go to let's do the equipment. Let's talk let's talk equipment right now because that's been one of the big things that you've uh, you've connected with. That's true, and I'm one of the weirdos who can actually tell the different stuff that you've done here and there. <laughs> Right on. Thanks for uh, noticing there. As far as like the, the proton packs go, that was kind of like the design I had when I first started started doing the fan art. Right. So I kind of kept that. And I was thinking, you know what? I, there's a few people who said, you know, it'd be cool if it looked more like the movies. And I was like, yeah, I think it's uh, it would be an, a really good challenge for me to try and emulate it as closely as I can. And I, I always like to try and up the game every issue. So that's kind of and uh, you the reason kind of. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy drawing them, the proton packs like the movie now, and I can kind of do it without looking at reference anymore because I've drawn them so many times. But uh, I'm still waiting to see the uh, kitchen utensil meter. The the KUD. <laughs> yes, the KUD. Yeah, that'll be in there. Where, be in where the does that show within, up? It, within the next four issues, like or nice. they during the haunted America. Uh, arc we're gonna I'll throw it in for sure so there's so. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that, that our case has mentioned to me that I'm a little unsure of like where they're even from where's the kitchen utensil meter from the KUD Ghostbusters 2 one of the uh, props that they had when the, the Ghostbusters go and investigate the museum for the first time the one that Winston had is this uh, device that has an antenna that is literally a kitchen utensil a couple of kitchen utensils for the antenna it's like a, a lifter and a whipper or something. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. But it looks cool. It so. does. One of the earliest things that you mentioned to me, Arceus, was some like equipment from, I think, Extreme Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, in the later issues, when they go to confront the third, the newly designed uh, trap that uh, Ray has looks a lot like a new paint job on the traps used from Extreme Ghostbusters. Are you talking about like, the dome-shaped one that kind of opens up? On four sides? Oh, I see it. Uh, It it has three legs on it. I got the damn toy of the thing. Oh, I see it. Yeah, that does look like, kind of like the Extreme Ghost Specials one. And it talks. The the toy, not the race. (laughs) (laughs) And then the uh, upgraded proton pack that uh, Winston has pretty much looks exactly like the one from uh, Extreme Ghostbusters. Seems like you guys like Extreme Ghostbusters a little bit more than you're letting on. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I was surprised to hear that uh, you guys... I've only seen a few episodes of it, or hell no. <laughs> I, I really like the designs on the show, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, the the trap is the the mega trap that we used. Uh, I referenced the uh, the toy. That's that what came I thought you did. Kylie toy, and it was like a deluxe Kylie Ghostbusters Extreme Ghostbusters toy, and I thought that looks like a um, really cool trap. I'm gonna try and drop that in. Luckily, Eric was cool with it, and we rolled on. You guys know uh, Ghostbusters Sanctum of Slime. You guys know the Ghostbusters the video game. But have you heard about uh, Ghostbusters Paranormal Blast, the uh, upcoming mobile game for Ghostbusters? I, I read a little I bit about it. 
I just read a little bit about it the other day, too, yeah. A couple of screen captures and uh, the, the augmented reality thing, yeah? The phone? Yeah. We were at PAX East this recent weekend, and I was surprised to see uh, two air-inflated, large, very tall, stay-puffed marshmallow mans uh, <laughs> at this little unassuming <laughs> booth. And what did I find over there but a brand-new Ghostbusters game that I didn't know about, and I was really surprised to see it. I basically, I wandered up to the booth, I said, hey, I'm doing this Ghostbusters episode, uh, I talked to Dan Aykroyd, I'm talking to the guys from the IDW comic, and they're like, oh shit, what do you want to know? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't know about this game till just now, tell me everything. Yeah, what, what is it? What's, what format did you say it is? Mobile. Mobile, like on a phone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a uh, game. Android on a phone. IOS. It's on not, iPad. It's not a game. Just no, it's a game. I don't, no. It's, it's yeah. not a game, it is an experience. Here, ha <laughs> why don't, have a, have a listen to what it's all about. Hey guys, it's Cap on the uh, floor of PAX East with Adam Telfer, the VP of Game Design um, for uh, what company? Sorry, XMG Studio. Uh, we're from Toronto. Okay, now you guys are developing a mobile Ghostbusters game. Uh, what can you tell me about it? So it's a pervasive game which really puts you in the shoes of being a real-life Ghostbuster in real world. So you actually say you're in Boston at PAX East. You're actually capturing ghosts around the city of Boston. So it's an AR game then? AR game, so alternate reality, pervasive, augmented reality, whatever way you want to spin it, the only way we're looking at it is you're in the shoes of a real Ghostbuster. Well, how does it work? So it uses the compass, it uses a lot of the different features on smartphones to place you place ghosts around your location. Uh, when you've selected the ghost that you want to go capture, then you actually have to track the ghost using your phone. So this isn't just a game that you can play with one finger just staring down on the screen. This is something you have to use your whole body rotating trying to find this ghost. What's really cool too is that you can actually attach it to some of these plastic guns that we've seen so that you can actually be a full featured Ghostbuster running around the city shooting down ghosts, capturing them everywhere. That's pretty cool. Now there's a lot of augmented reality uh, phone-based or, or say Game Boy-based uh, ghost hunting games. What makes this one different? So we actually made Pandemica, which was our first game, which was an augmented, augmented reality game. Yeah, it was a simple kind of point and click. You shoot the guys, uh, you move them around. I've played a lot of the Nintendo one. I have a lot of respect for those guys. And the Nintendo DS one's great. But in the end, the, the gameplay comes up a little shallow. Like you just kind of shoot down stuff, very arcade-like experience. Right. We're going for something much closer to something like a Pokemon, where you've got this pervasive world Boston, you now have to try to capture all the ghosts in Boston. So you have to move between cities, move between locations, maybe go to a church and you get like a, a crazy ghost. We always, always have a joke, like you go to a coffee shop and there's a coffee ghost kind of thing. But little things like that to actually push the user to run around the city versus just shooting a, a couple arcade things and putting the game down. So is it actually like uh, spatially reactive like that? Will it use like say Google Maps something to know you're in a coffee shop or you're in a church and, ha and have a a ghost type that associates with that location? Of course, yeah. The, as, long wow. as, the, as long as the user allows us to use that location data, we can uh, use their location as well as hook into things like Foursquare, Google Maps, to say what all the different locations around them. And they're all tagged because all these users have already put in that data. Yeah. So we use that. Uh, think of like Monster Rancher, like the old PlayStation game where they use the, the discs. The discs yeah. yeah, yeah. So that with locations. So that's what we're doing. How rich will that data be at the time of the launch of the game? Like fully fleshed out? Oh, completely. Like all we need to know is a couple tags and uh, start randomly placing ghosts around those areas. And as that data becomes more and more complete, then we can use more and more data and the ghosts become better. That's really, really neat. Is this the first time that that's happened in one of the ghost hunting games before? I, I haven't known. People have talked a big game, but I haven't actually heard someone say, yes, we are doing exactly that. We are having specific location-based ghost hunting. So there's two games that come to mind, Life is Crime and Please Stay Calm. And they do a lot of location-based stuff. It had nothing to do with ghost hunting. 
Uh, there's a different drama, but that's probably the closest that I've seen that is like location-based gaming. But they're they're not an augmented reality game. They're not like a, an arcade experience of shooting down ghosts, and they definitely don't have the Ghostbusters brand. Now, I can understand how you'd be able to shoot ghosts on the phone. Can you trap ghosts on the phone as well? Do you need to slide the phone across the floor? We were trying to do that. <laughs> Didn't work as well as we hoped. Uh, we actually took a look at things like AR codes where you can print off a sheet oh, yeah, of paper. QR codes, yeah, yeah, so then we, we could put it on a box or something, and then people could slide that under. <laughs> but the big thing is already we're asking the users to have an iPhone, an I, like a right. run around the world. We don't want to ask them to, to be able to carry a ghost trap around with them. We were thinking about adding that a little bit later. It's going to be one of those games that kind of grows as the user base grows. So being able to add that feature, if people want it, print off that ghost trap, send it sliding along the ground to trap it. Right now, you just press a button, it shoots it out, and then you can you have to try to balance the ghost as it wanders into the trap. So it's pretty cool. That sounds really neat, man. I've come into a couple other Ghostbusters titles, like say Sanctum of Slime, been a little bit apprehensive, like, I don't know if it's going to be very good, and it kind of let me down, but this sounds very exciting. We're definitely taking the best of things like the old NES version of Ghostbusters, right? Going around catching ghosts. But uh, yeah, the, the Ghostbusters brand has so much potential, and we're just we're ecstatic to be able to work with them. So. Well, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. If they can make like artificial reality, or sorry, augmented reality-based uh, location data games, why hasn't someone made a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego game yet, based oh on augmented God. reality? Wow. Yes. Brandon? It's a gold mine. Fuck you, it is a gold no, mine. No, 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 that's no. what he was about to say. Yeah, that's brilliant. That is a really good yeah, idea. I know it is. I'm just saying. Any one of you can steal it, just put my name in the title somewhere. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I'm Go stealing ahead. it. Where in the world Where is... in the world is Brandon? <laughs> That's a good. It's a, a game where you uh, track Brandon down via his uh, f was it four square check-ins. <laughs> is he in that tree? No, I think he went to South America. Uh, <laughs> to continue the game, you have He's to find South He's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was really surprised. You know, like I said, I was really surprised to see a, a new Ghostbusters game at PAX East. I did not expect that at all. And more so, I was surprised to hear about an innovation in augmented phone gameplay ghost hunting because it's, it's kind of like it's it's well trod territory lots of people do ghost well, hunting. well they didn't have a playable down. demo there so we don't they know did. oh did did they, you see it did yeah, you get to see it there was a ghost uh, at pax from what i read yeah but did you get to see it in action Slimer yes i played it I, I i attempted to trap Slimer. so it is actually like a cool game it's not just like oh this is a mobile app like angry birds and blah 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 yeah well i mean it, it's relatively simple i mean you you have the camera the camera's displaying what's in front of you and they they superimpose the 3d ghost into that space and then you you know you blast the ghost and uh, you send out the trap, and like you said, you have to kind of balance the ghost towards the trap. How? Do, what's the art design for the ghosts? Like, uh, are they more cartoony or more realistic? They're they're somewhere in between. Okay. Yeah. And there was a there was a, a Paxi Slimer wearing a baseball cap there. <laughs> uh, you know, just a, just a demo creature, really. He's a Bruins fan. You can't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And it was uh, it was cool. And like, even if it doesn't get more complicated than that, the simple idea of like, I can go, you know, go on a trip or something and trap unique ghosts. That's really, really cool. I'd like to see you do it on a plane. I want to see what kind of ghosts appear 35,000 feet up. Well, you won't, you won't be able to get data that, that without the towers around being in the sky. Aww. Yeah. 3G? 4G? 4G. No, that's where all the deity ones are. You show up there and then Gozer will arrive and ask you if you're a god. <laughs> you're and then... You say no, and uh, you die. <laughs> You've captured God. <laughs> Gozer's captured you. He has sucked into the cell phone. There you go. You guys should uh, should uh, team up with these guys and get some of your uh, your ghosts in the in this game. 
Yeah, I'd be nice. I'd be down with that. That would be pretty cool to see. That uh, would be. I, I was really honored to see some guy did like a custom action figure of the third minion of Gozer. Really? Oh yeah, that was cool. Months ago, yeah, it was uh, the guy went all out and it looked amazing. It was on eBay. I think the guy sold it on eBay, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. quite humbled. It was really cool looking. Was it made from old Ghostbusters figures or something completely new? I think he customized it from like a Venom figure or a Carnage figure. The fingers are kind of the same. Let's talk about you guys' projects, actually. Like, what what did you do before this comic? And uh, what are you planning on doing during the production of this comic? Do you have any other projects? Before this, you, you know, create our own things because, you know, the short stories and anthologies, whatnot. uh, Then all the stuff at IDW, A-Team and Gene Simmons house of horrors and some video game thing that's been long forgotten i can't even remember the title of it It was like pokemon yeah yeah and then an issue of the simpsons and then it's all been ghostbusters from there and oh uh ninja turtle thing upcoming that's yes you're doing splinter i was really excited about that so you knew what he was doing you just wanted him to say it oh i actually forgot until just now (laughs) i'm sitting here on the spot going what else did i do what else am i doing uh i don't remember (laughs) well <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I've just we're, we're uh, the the editor uh, Bobby Kernow, He just he just sent me a couple of pages of the finished art, and it's it's wow. I'm really lucky that you know working with uh, Dan and and Charles and and such. The uh, the artists are making me look so good. It's nice. Well, I have enjoyed the uh, the new TMNT micro series they've been doing, the one shots based on characters, and this is the first Splinter one shot that I can remember actually of any Turtle series ever in comics. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. What can you tell us about that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not allowed to say anything, man. It's will it have Splinter in it? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It will have Splinter in it, yes. It will have Whoa. one page with the Ninja Turtles, which, you know, is the only place I was able to put a joke. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be a little different than the, than the Ghostbuster stuff. It's not as much humor to it. My, my one question is, are the neutrinos in it? <laughs> Yes, because yeah. that's no. that's all I care about. Neutrinos in mine. No neutrinos in mine. <laughs> no, but don't <laughs> about <Rocksteady> and Bebop. <laughs> here's here's where you're treading on dangerous territory because in IDW's new continuity, there is in fact a Rocksteady and Bebop. Though <gasps> as of current, as of as of the, this moment of recording, they have yet to be transformed into their mutant counterparts. And in fact, Brandon, the the new. General Krang character that they're working with as actually waging war on a planet neutrino. Oh snap! So, I don't think you're going to have the three cool kids and they're flying convertible I, Cadillac. I, I very much doubt you're going to see the neutrinos that you know and love. Because if they put them in, they've they've made a sale, That's buddy. It's going to be the neutrinos after going through war. <laughs> They just look like little elves flying a fucking Cadillac. The neutrinos are about six years older. All of them are gruff, have scraggly beards, even the chick. Cybernetic eyes. <laughs> they've got to have cybernetic eyes and that uh, flying Cadillac now has guns all over it well Shredder did that already to their flying Cadillac so All right, uh, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll rein in the, the the turtle nerding out a little bit. But I am I am curious, uh, Eric, with this new turtles continuity that they've established with with a very very different origin story. I mean, not as different as aliens, but yeah, like with with all that going on and dealing with Splinter. I and I know you, you said you can't say anything, but like how did coming coming into that, would you find that like difficult to work with or or liberating to work with this uh, this alternate continuity they've developed? Well, um, like I said, the the I, 
without you know saying too much. In fact, I'm I'm worried now. Even though you know a couple of panels of this character and that character doesn't get into too much, I'm worried that I'm gonna get bopped in the head. But no, um, <laughs> I it 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 was it was different. It, it Splinter's a different character than any character I've written before. You know, most of them it, it, pop culture humor or you know light banter has featured in like 99% of the stories I've written and it just didn't fit here so you know that was difficult and liberating at the same time the the continuity the the stuff that I was uh, allowed and not allowed to do they was they was all upfront about what they wanted in the story the kind of tone and the kind of stuff I was again allowed to do and not allowed to do so it wasn't it wasn't difficult it was it was it was a fun time it was a lot of fun writing the story i i you know i'm i'm tripping over my words because i'm trying not to you know yeah of course laugh something it. out and i i caught myself i almost said something <laughs> <laughs> and then you know uh, bobby turns into a ninja and he's right here and you know you hear me die on the on the phone yeah. dog but and no, cats living together uh, mass hysteria <laughs> yes but it I, I i thought it was going to be a lot harder to write than it was i had a lot i had a lot of fun doing it i'd love to do more if they ever let me back yeah we'll see <laughs> and how about you dan projects past and present and maybe even future i first started off doing work with uh, dc comics back in 2006 and i did uh, some uh, short animations for them in flash and uh, i think they're still on their online site but uh, you can check it out uh, sometime and uh, after that i started doing books with dc and uh, we did quite a few early reader books so they're not like comic books they're more like chapter books and uh, those were all based on the animated series so i had to emulate uh, the style that bruce tim and the team have created over the years and uh, that was a lot of fun so i really like drawing superman and batman and the flash and green lantern so yeah th that was great and then uh i got into doing the ghostbusters ongoing so this is kind of um i did a kung fu panda comic book as well in between the halloween issue and then starting the ongoing um and that's from ape entertainment and i really enjoy doing that yeah since the ghostbusters ongoing it pretty much takes up my entire month so i don't have any extra time to devote to any other art projects right at the moment but uh perhaps uh when we've kind of uh, run out of juice uh, maybe we'll try looking at uh some of my own properties or something like that i'd like to start doing kind of my own ideas eventually so brian since you're so uh handsome and gimme <laughs> Um, what is it? What is it you would have done if you were offered this uh, Ghostbusters gig? It was so rightly yours. Yes. Oh, Hold on, I oh, oh. Pen. oh, yeah. Please do. I would have made it yeah. good. <laughs> I would have done a completely different job, so it would have been funny and well drawn. I would have gotten a better artist. And... <laughs> um, I have no real answer. <laughs> it's more than actually I would be horrified like if at any point like if I had been offered you know the gig I would have had this moment of extreme joy followed by just total terror and I would have been frozen and not been able to do anything what in God's name do I do now yeah exactly like I mean I've thought about it long long before uh, the series came out you know like in 2001 and stuff you know, oh man I'd love to do a combat with this question. no it's a difficult thing to take on something that means so much to you I think it's a uh, probably be no surprise to most listeners that you creator of Atomic Robo, uh, are very inspired by the Ghostbusters in many ways. and uh, Really? I never even noticed. We're very subtle. <laughs> yeah, I never saw it at all. Well, well, su super fan Arceus, 
Did you catch the uh, the Ghostbusters reference in one of Brian's recent volumes? Like the very specific Ghostbusters animated series reference? Oh. There are four action scientists named uh, after the voice actors for the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, I did not notice that. Well, they're just voice actors. Nobody noticed. <laughs> Typical. Well, I'm going to do my fifth shot of Crystal Head Vodka oh, right God. now. I sent I sent you guys a, a link uh, recently that was a um, a very strange Ghostbusters thing that popped up recently. It's in the uh, the webcomic Homestuck, which is of course a webcomic that has a, a massive fan following, but is uh, it is a tough nut to crack. It's uh, it's a lot of work getting into it, and I haven't spent the time on it. But friend Challenge of mine, accepted. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, let us know how it goes. A friend of mine showed me that recently there's a uh, a few episodes where they play a Ghostbusters 2 MMORPG <laughs> that is a terrifying uh, dreamlike scenario of a bunch of people dressed as Ghostbusters wandering around with like character customization that lets you like stick a, a furry head on you and then like wander through these kind of Windows 95 sort of backgrounds with <laughs> Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. I see a men. furry person wearing a proton pack. That's the first thing I'm shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my first comic convention. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna link to that on the episode page. It is it is surreal. I've had a you know I've had dreams like that before where you play a video game that doesn't exist and your whole brain kind of feels broken when you wake up. It, it's it's definitely a lot like that. Maybe that's not a shared experience. <laughs> anyway, guys, really awesome to get a chance to talk to both of you. I'm excited for the Ghostbusters road trip across America. I'm excited for uh, for everything that's coming in the future for the Ghostbusters ongoing series. Definitely. Uh, for those Thanks who, very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For those listeners who haven't checked it out, we'll have links to uh, where you can pick up this book on this episode's page. And uh, you really should. If you've ever loved Ghostbusters... Uh, absolutely. You're, you're going to absolutely love the series. I didn't get the, a chance to mention it, but uh, one thing that really resonated with, with me on this comic is how much you can just hear the voices of the original actors. Exactly. The characterization is perfect. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's the one thing I've been shooting for. Oh, yeah. That was my goal from Infestation on. And, and Winston, you're doing Winston so much justice. I yes. love Winston in this. And what I loved most was in uh, issue issue seven, getting to see Venkman's shine as an actual psychiatrist. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That was hard. <laughs> that was hard to write. Yeah, that was an idea I had early on, and it got pushed uh, pushed to the little sooner than I was thinking we would get to it. But yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah, I just, it was very well done, very masterful. I, I enjoyed reading it so much. So he's a real psychiatrist. Yeah. See, I always thought he actually that, has a PhD. I yeah, always thought, given uh, his psychology and parapsychology. See, I thought that given his character, he would he was only in psychology to like talk to pretty girls. That was basically it. But he still went. He still got <laughs> he a degree. Still did the work in, and he says honest. that in here. It's like, yeah, that's mainly for wall decoration. But I do have an actual degree. Let's put this to work. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to check that out, that's in the recent issues. So uh, it'll be in the second collection. You should, uh, you should definitely pester your uh, comic book retailer for, uh, you know, getting those issues. Or I guess you can probably download them digitally, can't you guys? Yep. Off of uh, yeah, Comixology? On, uh, Comixology, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you should go to your comic shop and say, hey, do you have Ghostbusters IDW? Because if not, I'm going to Comixology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so watch them run. <laughs> You're also, like, oh, sure. I'll get that for you. 
Also check out some of this crystal head vodka because I've had about five shots and my words are beginning to slur. And uh, it, you know that flavor I was talking to you about? I, yeah. I, I think I pinpointed it. I think it's echinacea. But I don't know if yeah, it's I've echinacea in it. I've had three shots of it and I'm about ready to grab my proton pack. Yeah, I I have to wake up at 7 a.m. So this is a great idea. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably have two more at least before I go to bed. So it'll help exactly. Me. That's Hi, awesome. How you doing, Brian? How's your drink count? <laughs> One. Doing good. <laughs> I think you should start drinking Crystal Head before you write. He says, no, I do Sliver. <laughs> it's his co-writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he even gets a credit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, on the covers it says, you know, Clevenger, Wagner, Rimmer, um, Crystal Head. <laughs> Uh, so I want to pass out now. So. All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, so, thanks again. Uh, well, shit. Now I'm slurring my words. Okay. <laughs> it's because I'm sending out these existential vibes. Yeah, these, you're really positive goodness and you're, you're and really sending positive brain vibes my frequencies way. to you from this vodka. I can feel. I can feel the crystals. I can taste them even. So, <laughs> th- thanks again so much for joining us, guys. Uh, it's so been, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's yeah, been thank a, you. It's been a real blast, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the rest of the comic. Yeah. What do you got for us, Hex? Well, I uh, I recently got the chance to torrent an old uh, video game music collection called VG Mix. It's uh, there are over 1,500 tracks of video game remixes that you will be giving to me later. <clears throat> yes, sir. And I love it so much, I'm going to be dedicating this month's Hex Grid to it. So that was an idea from Cap, and I couldn't turn it down. From that, we have a remix from Ghostbusters 2 from the NES. Nice. And this is by the Oracalcan, and this is Gutbusters. <laughs> so uh, everybody look forward to uh, more Nerdy Show Prime episodes in the future. If you like what you heard, you can feel free to support the show. We, uh, we are listener-supported, and uh, we will give you cool perks in your email. If, yeah. you, uh, if you send us some money, even a dollar uh, is very much appreciated, and we'll get you a whole big, fat-packed uh, email full of cool stuff. And uh, you also get to participate in whatever support drive we have that month. So just go to the website, nerdyshow.com, and uh, see what we're up to. Thanks again. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Brandon. Um, me. (laughs) Remember, stay sharp, keep fit, make good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, our case. (laughs) And uh, thanks to Eric Burnham and uh, Dan Schoening for joining us. Here we go.
One, two, three, go. Thank, Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is brought to you by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the Oviedo branch of Play and Trade. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to send them to info at nerdyshow.com. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, Dungeons and Doritos, comics, videos, and more, go to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes Store. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Nerdy Show or friend us on Facebook. If you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, or better yet, give us your money by visiting the Nerdy Show store and picking up a t-shirt or donate directly to cool nerdy perks. So, uh, Arceus, you, uh, you presented me with an interesting reading from Tobit and Spirit Guide this evening. Why don't you, uh, why don't you share that with our listeners? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tobin's Spirit Guide, like, is there's a real one? Uh, that's kind of sketchy. A lot of fans have produced their own <clears throat> version of it. What I'm gonna read for you is from the, uh, Ghostbusters wiki, and a lot of the information is pulled from, uh, the digital version of Tobin's Spirit Guide, which is, uh, from the Ghostbusters video game. That's awesome. A reading from Tobin's Spirit Guide. Gozer, an obscure deity. Gozer the Destructor's earliest known appearance was in Mesopotamia around 6000 BC and was worshipped by both the Hittites and the Mesopotamians. It rose to prominence in Sumeria thousands of years later. During that time, various cults arose to worship it and in a short time developed their own hierarchy and system of ritual magic. By 4th millennium BC, the Gozer worshippers, or Gozerians, consisted of a large Sumerian subculture and was engaged in a long, protracted war with the followers of Tiamat. (gasps) Eventually, Gozer and its followers were defeated and Tiamat banished Gozer from this world. So, you know, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. At a certain, you know, goddess of the diet that I worship happens to uh, be all-powerful, as I said. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.